Hey everyone and welcome to The Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host, Michael Montalvo, and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode, we examine the events that occurred March 2nd. What is there to say about elections? They put people in power and can lead to wins and losses, and while some are won in a landslide, some are lost by the smallest of margins. Which is to say that they are also won by the smallest of margins. It really just depends on how you look at it, and what side you're on. So with that in mind, let's talk about the one and only former U.S. President Rutherford B. Hayes. Hayes was born October 4, 1822 in Delaware, Ohio. His father was a farmer who died early in Hayes' life, and this left him and his sister to be raised by not only his mother, but his uncle as well. Hayes went to school in Delaware, Ohio, and Connecticut, graduating at the top of his class from Kenyon College before earning a law degree from Harvard. So what does one do with a law degree from Harvard? Well, if you're Rutherford B. Hayes or anyone who passes the bar, you start lawyering. It was while practicing law that Hayes became a member of the Republican Party, and it was also during this time that Hayes married Lucy Ware Webb. By this time, it's the 1860s, and with the outbreak of the Civil War, Hayes joined the Union Army and became a major for the 23rd Ohio Regiment. He was wounded during the Battle of South Mountain in Maryland and by war's end had been promoted to Brevet Major General. But he became president at some point, right? Well, yeah, he did. But not yet. During the war, he was nominated for Congress and in December of 1865, after the war, he took his seat in the House of Representatives. He was re-elected but resigned in 1867 in order to run for and win the position of governor of Ohio. By 1872, he wanted to give up politics, but the Ohio Republican Party convinced him to run for Congress, which he lost. Then he moved to Fremont and ran for governor and won again, and then things changed. The year was 1876, and on this day, March 2nd, Rutherford B. Hayes won the presidential election by only one vote. So how does this happen? To go into that, let's talk about his opponent. The election was between Hayes and Samuel Tilden. Tilden was a railroad attorney who worked against unions only until he became wealthy. It was then that he switched sides and began to fight for the unions. He actually won a case for them against the Supreme Court, and after being insisted upon to take the money for the job, he used that money to establish a fund for orphans and widows of railroad men killed while working on the job. Like Hayes, Tilden became governor this time of New York, and in 1874, he fought against corruption, helping to bring down the notorious boss William M. Tweed, who will need his own episode at some point. So the political race was on in yada yada yada. Tilden won the popular vote as well as 184 of the electoral votes, with Hayes only receiving 165. 
Papers ran headlines that Tilden had won the very close political race, with front pages reading glory, Tilden triumphant. But then there were some states that the results were contested in, those states being, of course, Oregon, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Florida. These votes totaled to about 20, and allegations of fraud were rampant. Neither side wanted to call it a loss, and both claimed victory, and so a special committee made up of five House representatives, five Senate members, and five members of the Supreme Court. They set up this committee so that the majority winner of these 15 would receive the electoral votes for these states. Seven Republicans, seven Democrats, and one Independent met, and in the end, the vote came in for Hayes, and the 20 electoral votes went to him along with the one-vote majority to win the presidency. But here's the thing. As I said, voter fraud was rampant, and both sides were very much guilty of it. Democrats were also angry at the outcome and threatened to filibuster the results when the House went on to confirm the results. We don't know this for sure, but it's widely believed that some kind of backroom deal was made to push Hayes through and end the talk of a filibuster. We also don't know what was promised at this alleged meeting. If it did take place, which it probably did, it most likely had something to do with the Civil War. Most believe that the Democrats agreed to let Hayes become president in exchange for Union troops moving out of the former Confederate states and the abandonment of Reconstruction of the South. Another reason Hayes was most likely selected was because he promised to go against the spoils system that Ulysses S. Grant had incorporated. Basically, this meant he refused to give any political position to any of his friends or anyone related to him by blood or marriage. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me on, helps get us in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. 